the 1991-92 season. Offside now. Oh, not the last one walkabout. He's dispossessed. This will be spectacular. He goes in. Oh, look at that. 45 yards. Oh, Brian B. Good evening. Uh, welcome to um, a Tufty Club special. We haven't done one of these for a while, have we? Well, we've not been locked down for a while. So, so that's, that was the excuse before, wasn't it? And yes, yeah, summer, but summer's been quite short this year, hasn't it, for football? So yeah, we've just not just not bothered, basically. Yeah, we did. We talked about the Euros, did some Euro specials. So, uh, well, I think last year we did. We talked about the United series, the BBC series. We also did. Um, we did a kit special, uh, reviewed the Warnock documentary. So we were we're all over these specials last year. We've just not been asked this year. Yeah, something like that. I mean, the, the timeless these specials. It doesn't matter when we recorded them or when we put them out. You can listen to them at any time, and it's just. Just beautiful, just beautiful. The, the kits one for anyone who's not listened to it actually is one of the few things that we've done that is worth listening to. John Devlin, True Colors Kits guy, well worth listening to. But obviously, we're going to book that trend and make this one worth listening to as well. So don't don't go anywhere. Yeah, so we asked a few a few uh, I say fans like we've got fast <laughs> podcasts. We asked a few people uh, what what they might want to listen to and. Uh, there was a couple who mentioned about doing some kind of season reviews. I know Blaze Pod have done some brilliant season reviews and more recent sort of seasons. Um, so we thought what we'd do is just basically copy them because <laughs> they get a lot of listeners. But we've, we've thrown in a twist and we're going to talk a bit about kind of the culture of the time, mainly concentrating on sort of music and sort of TV and film. So we're, we're calling it the rock and goal years, which uh, was also stealing it from. I think ITV ran a series called that, didn't they? They did, yeah. That's... I was hoping you'd forgotten that when I, in inverted commas, came up with a name for it the other week. But um, yeah, rock and goal years. Uh, Tufty Club's rock and goal years, though, this is. So they can't say we're copying it because it's Tufty Club's rock and goal <laughs> yeah, years. It's very unique, very different. <laughs> uh, I think Swanee Blade on the S2 forum had uh, particularly asked for a year. It was very clear he wanted this season to talk about some of the events. Uh, and so we are going to do this season, which is the 1991-92 season. So basically all you youngins uh, either switch off or be prepared to be educated about uh, the good the good old days. Yeah. And and, and again, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm suddenly got this thing in my mind about it being timeless. It's a timeless thing. It's also going to be, obviously, it's going to be about the culture of the time and things like that, but also how we felt as fans of that age what following United? Um, greasy, greasy early teenagers, basically, weren't we? Um, so when you said how we felt, I was like, we were 13, 14 going through puberty. Yeah, we were feeling all the wrong things, weren't we? I suppose. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's things like that that, and, and like getting into music and get first getting into United, your first away games and all things like that that I think everyone can relate to. I'm trying to sell it, aren't I? It's like. Yeah, keep keep with us. So what, what we're going to do, I mean, probably the key thing you might need to uh, watch uh, either before, during or even <laughs> even after um, is there is a the 91-92 season review, which is available on the, on the YouTube, basically. You can find that um, and um, 
you know, I've still got it on VHS somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I would watch that because that'll give you a, a you know feel for the for the games and sort of the players and stuff. But hopefully there'll be enough sort of listeners that will will you know remember that time uh, sort of fondly. And I, I know we did. I think what we're going to do is go through the season from so August to May. We're going to try and go through kind of month by month, and each month we're going to kind of break at the end and talk about um, some of the music. Not necessarily bang on what tracks were in the charts that time, but around that time. And then we're going to talk about some TV programmes, some films, uh, and then move on to the next month. We're not going to discuss every single game or every single kind of player or highlight, but kind of, uh, you know, pick out some of the key key things. Well, you say that, we might get carried away. Could be People could be listening to this now and looking at the time of things. Three hours? What? <laughs> I mean, we, we did say that we'd uh, we'd sort of, I think you you sort of touched on it. We'd set the scene set the scene adrift on memory bliss, <laughs> which is a pre-prepared joke. You are <laughs> it was in the charts at this time. PM you Dawn. are the Clive Tilsley come Sam Matt face of this podcast, aren't you? You've got I your do. jokes lined up, ready. We were 13, as you say. So same age as my son is now. Uh, different different styles, I think, to, to obviously the kids of today. I think we both had, you had certainly more prominent curtains than me, but I had a form of curtains. Uh, very greasy, I think. I don't know if I got curtains by this point. I think I was a late a late curtainer. I think I was still very PC, much... Pre-curtains. Pre-C, yeah. I think, I think, obviously, spikes have been abandoned in junior school. I think what I mainly sported through through the first three years of school, pretty much, was just the most low-quality haircut you could get, which was just shaved on top and on back and sides, like 0.5 back and sides and like 8 on top or something. Thought of, I don't know. I think I thought it was Brian Dean. Well, uh, you certainly weren't that. No. Well, dig some, we might dig some photos about No one wants to see that. that. Uh, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I just remembered, uh, I was talking about this myself, this the other day about growing up generally it's a bit nostalgic but life was just easy the, the only stresses you had were like how much football you were playing like i remember playing football break time lunchtime after school training for my club you know training for like school team playing for the school team playing for my club side at weekend so i play saturday and sunday absolutely it must have been knacking on my knees are fuck now yeah, just constant, weren't it? It, it? Literally, if weather were okay, and even if it weren't okay, you were outside playing football. Well, I mean, we're going to sound like them, and all this were fields, or you were building dens <laughs> or something. But yeah, literally just playing football. You play for hours without really getting tired. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, it was just it was just football, football, football. Went whether were bad or nighttime, video games, maybe try and cram in some homework, repeat. Yeah. It was just easy, weren't it? Just being a kid was it was easy. Yeah, and I th- and I think probably easier than it is now. To, in fairness, because when you went home, that were it. You didn't you didn't see your mates. No one no one phoned each other up. Just that were it. Was just like unless you were meeting your mates, you went home from school. Went to the like, park to play football. You either played played footy in park with your local mates, yeah. or you played on your computer. Possibly one or two other mates. That were it. You never. And if you did, if you didn't do that, if you were in on your own, that were it. There were none of this constantly shit on social media or whatever. It's just. And you all watch the same TV show at night and then talked about it the next day. Four channels. 
Much easier. Yep, no choice. That's what we want. <laughs> so in the world events around this time, 91, 92, I've, I've, I've listed, I've done a bit of research for this, because the, the Gulf War began in 1991. I remember that being like a really big thing, because we obviously we'd not had events like that. And it were like, I remember thinking as a kid, well, we're going to die. <laughs> I, was, I, I was shooting myself. I clearly remember one nine o'clock news, probably Michael Burke. It came on and he basically were quoting what Saddam Hussein had said that day, which weren't, oh, what am I having for my tea or whatever, as we've just discussed. It were basically, it said something about it won't rest until he sees the world on fire or something. And I, I basically shit myself. I didn't want to hear that sort of thing. I, I just wanted to, I've, I've told you what I wanted to do. I wanted to play football, maybe do my own work, play on computer and go to bed. Yeah, scary stuff. But the other events, the World Wide Web went live. Terry Waite was released. I remember like TVAM, it were on every morning. What's happening with Terry Waite? Yeah, obviously, we got, I didn't want him, I wanted him released. But he was like, this is just really boring. I wanted the cartoons on. I remember that. They used, <laughs> used to have some cartoons on, didn't they, on TVAM? They did, yeah. Yeah, that's like that thing and stuff like that. Yeah, his wings were <laughs> like shield of steel. I'd forgotten all about that. And yeah, some really yeah. weird beanie type, beanie baby <laughs> things that we had in background. and. Yeah, just TVM were weird. Yeah. There's the year Freddie Mercury died, which I didn't know. I, I, obviously, maybe you did, but it was the day after he announced he was suffering from AIDS. Like, which, I just can't have any re- recollection of that, that he announced it and then a the day later he died. Which in itself, again, I were already terrified of AIDS, convinced I were going to get it and die, even though I were absolutely nowhere near having sex with anyone, as discussed with my hairstyle. <laughs> um, but I would just, you know, can you remember the advert, like this public information things, the AIDS thing with that massive tombstone that just dropped down? <laughs> AIDS, don't die of ignorance. So, like, you were shitting yourself about that as well already. You, you were convinced you were just somehow going to get it and die. And then if Saddam weren't going to get you, then then AIDS was. And then next minute, Mercury, to to all intents and purposes, if you weren't fully paying attention to the news story, he gets it one day and you think, oh, that's sad. I quite like Queen. I know you don't. Next day, dead. It's like, fucking hell, it's it's really deadly, this AIDS thing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Also, 91, 92, we're going crossing the years. John Major was re elected, uh, and we had the LA riots. but were there any other news stories you 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 picked out from from this time? Well, one one major one you've missed out on, and we were a part of World Student Games in Sheffield. Oh, it was that summer, wasn't it? Nineteen ninety-one, coming into football season. Yeah. Um, we were. I mean, you were actually part of it. I missed out. So well, hang on. When you say a part of it, yeah, that's yeah. loosely. I remember there was a uh, maths teacher. I think you had her for maths. And she was like, in, she, did she play volleyball or something at a fairly decent level? I think so, yeah. Mrs. Hayden, she, like, she was called. A, yeah, asking for like volunteers. Put my name down, didn't really think anything of it. Within a few weeks, I was uh, rolling balls past uh, Japanese uh, servers uh, at Hillsborough Leisure Centre. So I, I was hardly like a, a crucial part. But I do remember, like, that is, there was no training or anything. Like, you think they give you training, like, oh, this is when you need to roll the ball. I mean, it sounds fairly simple, just giving a ball to the server. But, oh, no, some of our lot messed it up. I remember them rolling it wrong times when they were playing and hitting people. And it was just like, it was just like oh, this. the best thing about it 
was you got a you got a badge, which I still got with all the you know world's two get, and you got access pretty much all areas. You were just wandering around. I remember wandering around again as a thirteen year old, stumbling on like the Swedish volley, women's volleyball team coming out of the not the showers, but uh, the changing rooms. Like, I, I, what's going on here? I'm surprised you didn't get thrown out. I, I'm still bitter about it anyway. I was convinced that she was going to fix it because, as you say, there were some people that went to volleyball clubs. It was volleyball clubs. She set a club up first, didn't she? And then it was a bit later on. But there were some people who went who, well, they couldn't even, they didn't just have no hand eye coordination. They just had, it was almost like they had no hands and eyes. And I was convinced she was going to fix it. A, I was in her maths class and she knew me and I could actually roll a ball straight. Um, and I thought, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. And then she didn't fix it. She drew it out of a hat. And there were all these people coming out that you thought, they're going to really embarrass us on, on a world <laughs> stage in Ulsborough Leisure Centre. They're going to really embarrass us. So I'm still bitter about it. And I do remember as well, we got a, like a voucher every day you did it. You got like a food voucher. It was like for a tenner, which was ridiculous. Because like at that time, like, so I didn't buy food because like a buffet. I remember there was like basketball players there, probably like, you know, pretty good players who went on playing the NBA and stuff. And I was just buying sweets. Like I spent a tenner on sweets and pop. Like I didn't have any proper food. But uh, yeah, do you remember that? Well, I obviously didn't remember it. You, you, actually didn't, you didn't put it on it. I mean, yeah, it's the first thing that sprung to mind with 91 and yeah, coming off that summer. And yeah, I, I went to the clo- the closing of it. You know, it's like the last day in the closing ceremony because my sister was also volunteering on it. And um yeah, it was brilliant. It really really good thing for the city. Bankrupted the city, obviously. And and then Don Valley <laughs> Stadium never really got used properly apart from a couple of concerts ever again. But apart from that, it was great. <laughs> well, Genuinely, I, I, I liked remember it. it. I certainly remember it as a you know as a young teenager that that I think I say Swedish uh, women's team. Uh, vivid memories, vivid memories. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, all it were all happening down there when it Meadow all had only been open about a year as well, and we were piling down there, being yeah. sweaty and greasy, and you know, <laughs> spending your five pound on. Well, yeah, the big screen and the, the big screen. You know, eh? so they used to do, like quizzes and stuff, which uh, I remember that being like re- like a really this is great. This you, you get to take like quizzes and there's a man comes around who picks you out and stuff. Like it's like not that great really, but at the time it seemed. Ah, it was unheard of. We, we were it, we were just starting to be allowed as kids to be going that further afield because yeah. it all were quite a trek from where we where we lived, sort of thing, weren't it? And um. Yeah, just doing stuff like a, a mall. It were almost like these American films you've been watching. It were like, yeah. oh wow, we're 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 part of that now. We weren't. We, we were on a <laughs> crappy northern bus on M1. Yeah, whilst the people in the American films were like like meeting up with girls and making out, we were going around. If we were lucky, we'd buy like a, a Puma T-shirt with some pocket money, then go and buy like a, a Big Mac. And then go home. <laughs> yeah, may, yeah, maybe play an arcade if you've got a quid left over. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so a lot, a lot going on uh, music-wise. I'm just going to touch on music. I know we're going to talk about some of the some of the uh, songs and things, but I, I just remember it being a really weird time looking back. So it was like the end of the '80s kind of pop scene, but but there were still like people like Kylie and Jason Donovan about, and Take That was a so there's still that pop stuff. And then they were like gimmicky songs, like Simpsons and things like that. But then you'd got like grunge, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Um, but you got start of indie, Stone Rose. You got some rap and hip hop. You still got Michael Jackson and you know Prince and Whitney Houston about. And then you got dance, like Prodigy, Utah Saints, Two Unlimited, 
Shaman, and then REM, James, Primal Scream. We just like a real mishmash of everything. Yeah, in a way, it was a good time. I, th- I think it was kind of yeah. wasted on us a bit, but they were they were literally something for everyone. It was still yeah. the sort of golden era of the charts to a degree, where things didn't just go straight in at number one and then sink without trace straight after. It would literally come in at sometimes at like number 40 and then just slowly trudge up the charts till they made top 10 even higher. And yeah, it was brilliant. Like some, some good stuff, some absolute tripe, like you say. And also film. I mean, we might switch on film as well as we go through, but that was really sort of a driver for a lot of songs as well, if you remember. Yeah. Like loads yeah. and loads of films had come out and then the main songs from it, They'd find themselves in top five, pretty much. In fact, coming in off that summer, we were all sick. Going into August, that first game at season, completely sick of Brian Adams, weren't we? You know it's true Everything I do I do it for you Because he just dominated all that summer. So I'm sure we'll touch on that later as well. It's funny, though, for all the different music apps, and stuff. And I think of that era. I think of certain songs like Bloody Charles and Eddie and like Tasmin Archer and stuff like yeah. that, which is like ridiculous. Yeah, like when there was some really good stuff out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we are going to touch on sort of songs and, and films. We just give a bit of overview. Uh, obviously, the main feature is uh, the 91 92 United season, and it's maybe worth giving a bit, a bit of context of where United were at at that, that stage. Yeah, go for it. Um, well, it was 91-92 season, manager was Dave Bassett, our second season back in the top flight. Uh, so it was a, this season was the season before the Premier League. So we had two seasons of uh, old first division and then we had two seasons of the Premier League. Uh, and Sky and everything came in the year after this. So it's the final kind of last year. Um, the season before, we'd not won till the 17th game, but then we incredibly pulled away. We won you know, like 25 out of 27 points and we were we were safe with like four games to go and we finished 13. So, you know, we we just ridiculous because we looked like we were just completely out of this depth and then just pulled away. Um, so I don't know that that summer we were like, oh, we, we belong here. We, 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 we're going to do all right now. I think we got a bit carried away as kids. We're like, oh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, like contend for Europe and stuff. Um, I remember Glenn Hodges at the end of that season actually said on the season review, he said, uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're looking at Europe and it's like, I think even us as fans were like, maybe, maybe he's right. <laughs> but there weren't much uh, transfer movement in the summer because I think that time we, we had no money whatsoever. We were penny pinching, you know, Reg Brearley was still there and we were, we were literally not spending much. But there weren't loads of money about at that time, even for other clubs, there weren't tons of money about. So you could kind of compete even with, you know, some ordinary players we had. So in terms of transfers, out that summer, Mark Morris went to Bournemouth, Mark Todd to Rotherham and Paul Wood to Bournemouth. Uh, we signed Clyde Mendonk from Rotherham, Tom Cowan from Rangers, Nathan Peel from Preston, Charlie Hartfield from Arsenal and Adrian Littlejohn from Warsaw. And we spent less than 500000 on the incoming players that summer. And most of them were young players. Yeah. They were like, you know, fringe players. So we didn't really build on what we'd done. Well, Mendonker as well. It was, it was sort of that era's Billy Sharp for us, weren't he? If we keep buying yeah. him back, he might come good. He scored goals <laughs> for them. If we keep buying him, yeah. and then he just he, he didn't, did he? He just yeah. didn't. He didn't. Obviously, Sharp eventually did come good. Mendonker, not at all. But we we had we always we had one or two flair players. We had like, obviously Dean. Dean was our main man. We had Hodges. Tracy was brilliant at that point. But then we had a lot of just steady players, really. Some good young players, good Sheffield players. Um, but 
I don't know. I, 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 it was just about team spirit, weren't it? We bought into that era because it was a great team spirit, a bit like the team you know, we had a couple of years ago. That The team we had a couple of years ago probably were better quality. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're right. I'd say it's a very similar sort of thing to what Wilder got going, but the, the Wilder era was better quality of players. The Bassett era, for me, was the better togetherness, togetherness team spirit, yeah. Yeah. Um, just basically making the most of what you got. Because I think Wilder had a lot of that, you know, were more than some of the parts. But this this what Bassett team, for like for six years, he had them well punching above the weight um, throughout, you know, from third division right up to staying staying in the top division. And we, and we could have stayed for longer, if not for a bit of bad luck, a few, few seasons after this one that we're talking about now. And yeah, it was just such a, such a good team, such a good time. We're obviously big fans of of any kind of kits, really. So I mentioned kits. It was the time when you'd have kits for more than one season. So we're on the second season of the thin red stripes with the black pinstripes in between, uh, which, yeah, weren't a bad kit. It's got good memories. Um, It was the first season we didn't have the fluorescent kit. We'd had the fluorescent kit for two years. So really, like, difficult second album, isn't it? Like, (laughs) sort of following that up. But we did bring out a really good yellow kit, really vivid yellow kit with the shoulder patterns. Uh, and then we had a bonus, bonus track on our Difficult Second album with that white kit, which is exactly the same as the yellow, but another fantastic kit. Um, I, just, I, I thought there were three pretty solid kits, but the away and the third were, were excellent. Yeah, I'm going to squeeze your analogy further. It just, just come to me. like um, Oasis, isn't it? It literally is Oasis that... We definitely maybe never going to be better for me, the, the fluorescent. But obviously the yellow kit took us to like bigger hits, really, didn't it? We this season, spoiler alert, we did even better than the season before. It was a brilliant kit. And but also, like you say, the white kit arguably was there was something about that white kit, really, really nice. And that's your that's your B sides album, isn't it? Your, your master plan that's actually got some of your better songs on it as well. So Is that blue blue kit be here now though? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're all shit after that, aren't they? And it was pretty downhill from here. So, um, yeah, um, you were gonna you you say you're gonna mention some of the other other. It was a good time for kids, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've we talked just mentioned at the top uh, at the top. I'm talking like I'm some sort of <laughs> DJ or absolute knobhead. We mentioned at the start of the the podcast um, that. Yeah, we did that podcast with uh, John Devlin, True Colors Kits. Have a look at him on Twitter if you've not before. And he puts out, you know, he did he did a series quite recently, actually, I think probably about a year ago. He put out his 50 years of top flight kits. So you can find all the tweets about this. And I'm looking at it now, 91, 92. It was still, it was, it was still in the golden era for me of kits because I think it went mid-90s, it tailed off and just went to utter shit, I think. But this is still brilliant and is right across the division. Loads of different kit manufacturers all the kits are pretty good, I'd say. Um, it's the, the first time Adidas have been doing that three stripes on the sleeve thing that Marseille had, Liverpool had it. Um, yeah, I think I'd say all the kits were, were different, quite a lot of different manufacturers and all really, really good. It was just a really good era for kits. You see that Manu had brought out an away kit that's similar to the kit from this, from, from this season. Yeah, that away kit, yeah, that blue yeah. flecky away kit. And it's, it's, People are slagging it off, saying, "Oh, it's nothing like it." But I think it's a good, a good nod. Yeah, it's to a good it. effort. It's a good yeah, effort. yeah. And yeah, this this era for me, I mean, sort of late eighties to to early mid nineties is is your golden era. 
Uh, other, other news, uh, the, we'll talk about this, but the cop went all-seater in terms of stadium. I, I'm going to say it was uh, knocked, it basically just bolted seats onto the steps, but it went all-seater. Uh, we've got to mention it, Wednesday were back up because we'd had a season where we were obviously in the top five and Wednesday were underneath. They got promoted and won the Rumblows Cup, but Ron Atkinson had left in the summer before um, and they were seen as the better side, even though they'd come up and we'd had a season in the top flight. They'd spent quite a bit of money. I remember they brought Chris Woods in and they got some good players. They got some really good players. Um, but for us, it was going to be the first time, certainly me and you, we played them in proper games. We played them in the Zenith data and friendlies, testimonials. But it was like massively exciting. I know we're going to talk about them two games. Like We're going to play Wednesday. But then they were still a part of me, even at that point. The first time I played, thinking. They're going to hammer us. They're miles better than us, sort of thing. Yeah, but it's going to be embarrassing. I was, yeah. didn't have the same arrogance that some had. You know, oh, we'll beat him, we'll beat him. I was like, we're not going to beat him. They're really good. Yeah. And, but, uh, well, by the time we played him, and we'll touch on it later, they were clearly the better team. But yeah, as you say, even then, the way they breeze through that division below and then improve the team as well. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would really looking forward to it. But yeah, I'm just being at school. But what third year? That's you. For me, that's peak of being a knobhead third year at school. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, we were probably at our worst at that point in terms of, we must have been difficult to handle. And just being in that group, you know, we were probably in the minorities, United fans, weren't we? They were probably about, they were, they were a good core of, well, they were probably only three of us, really, weren't they? Me, you and Nelly. Mm-hmm. And then we just surrounded by PIGs. Um, and I just thought we're just going to get ripped. But spoiler alert, we didn't. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of the season review video, which we're, we're not reviewing the season review video, we're reviewing the season, uh, season. Oh, I'll be slagging well, the video off, to... all right. Don't you worry. <laughs> no, no, that's what I mean. I'm going to give it a bit of... I mean, Dave Kilner, we've got to say, because uh, he tragically passed away at only 48. Uh, he was Hallam FM presenter, but he was also the pitch day announcer before Gary Sinclair. I do remember yeah. him being pitch side a lot of the like mid to late 80s. Uh, always seemed a really sort of nice, nice guy, actually. Uh, Obviously, you know, I don't know who decided he was going to wear like an American football style jersey like, for the. It was like the a Steelers shirt, weren't it? I don't. Or, or, yeah. or Nottingham Panthers or something. It was like big, massive black and yellow jersey thing. I mean, as you say, no one had a bad word to say against him and seemed like a top bloke and obviously a top blade. But yeah, he needed to sort his, his the, attire the, out. funny those scene reviews because you've got. Some scene reviews are done, like the one before was done by the Football League. I remember they got all the like you know, football league graphics and everything and stuff. And then the case of United would say, oh, no, we're doing this at home, we're going to do it in-house. And they'd have, like, like, say, Dave Kilner, or they'd have, you know, someone else doing it. And it were always a bit kind of like, oh, this is a bit cringeworthy, but uh, just just show the action sort of thing. And then you get loads of long interviews. Bassett talking for about 10 minutes about a game. About nothing as well, usually. <laughs> he and starts it- off with one of his nonsense interviews where he says the squad is better and stronger. And I've just read out who we've signed. He's clearly not better or stronger. Yeah, he's yeah talking out of his backside, weren't he? So the other problem with doing your own in-house one, I mean, the graphics for the time weren't bad. Fair play to that little hut on... Uh, Televideo. On Televideo. Televideo, where was it? It was on just off, just off Shoreham Street, weren't it, I think? Yeah, it is just off yeah, Shoreham Street. Um, so yeah, fair play to them, them lads down there. But the problem comes in when you don't get the football league to do it. You weren't getting your sort of... Who was it then? Brackley? No, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Tyler, I think. Probably Tyler, yeah, you're right. You weren't getting them sorts doing doing the dubbed after the event voiceovers. You got your own in-house ones. And I have to say, Daryl Bentley is 
you can't fault his enthusiasm. I do like Daryl Bentley, but if I had a pound for every time he said, and it's there, yes, I'd, I'd have at least 50 pounds, I would have to say. <laughs> no, because he does the variation. And there it is, a good goal. A good goal. Super goal as well. Very, super goal. It's Alan Robert. But, <laughs> I mean, we've all watched those videos growing up. Funny thing is, you know, we decided we're going to do this, and I did my revision for it the other day by watching that season review video. I've probably not seen that season review video. I mean, the other thing we should mention, it's obviously the 30-year anniversary of the season, so it's probably, we can pretend that we're meant to do it, and it's 30 oh, yeah. years ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I've probably not seen this video in 28 years, 29 years, whatever. I could remember almost massive sections of it word for word. Even the commentaries, it's just ridiculous. How many times must I have watched it when I were about 13, 14? Yeah. Um, but and, but Bentley, he sounded enthusiastic, even though it was clearly done after the event. It made it sound like he was commentating on a live match, which is more than can be said for the other guy that does the commentary, whose name I can't remember. Not sure. He's a standard United commentator. Simon Clark. Simon Clark from Radio Sheffield. Yes. Uh, yes. Possibly. It was. It were him. It was Clark. I, I just can't remember his name. He always did. He always did season review videos in sort of second, third division, didn't he? Yeah. So him. He's clearly, you know, he's, he's sat in televideo's room just talking over. He's not yeah. quite as enthusiastic. The actual um, the, the videos they made when they beat Wednesday weren't this commentary. It was the Radio Sheffield guy, weren't it? That looked at Luke Wow, I can't remember who it was. He's the one who went and worked in Canada, um, you know, who did who did the From the Manor when Whitehouse scored. So they had different... And then John Elm did it as well, I think, the, the one at Wednesday. But John Elm did the one at Wednesday because that was... Yeah. That was done on the night live, wasn't it? Because they did a goals on Sunday special for it. Ian St. John was a co-commentator, really against us, I remember. Yeah, but we'll get on to that. Not that I've got bearing a grudge. <laughs> anyway, so the season starts. But what we're going to do, we're going to go through each month. We're going to we're not going to go through everything. We might just sort of skirt over some of the games. We're going to pick out key games, key moments, and then at the end of the, each month, we'll talk about you know a bit of music, a bit of films. Uh, and then we'll move on to the next month, and we'll we'll, we'll see how it how it how it pans out. So the season started at Norwich. Um, we'll obviously say some games. I was actually away for this on holiday. Uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been it was either Tenerife or Grand Canaire, somewhere like that. Anyway, um, and I just remembered like when you went on holiday, you didn't you'd have to wait a day or two days to get the paper. Even back, even then, you had to wait. Sometimes it'd be like the Monday before you'd find out the score. There was no way of finding out the score. Um, but um, I, I rang my sister. I remember ringing my sister from a phone box, like cost about 10 or whatever, like putting all my lira in or pesetas. And, uh, and she read me the scores out. And I was quite happy, like, I'll take that to all at Norwich. And she said, oh, Wednesday of last. I'm like, yeah, good day. Came away, like, yeah, like buzzing sort of thing. I had, a, had an extra Coca-Cola that night. I was like, <laughs> really happy. I had no idea, obviously, how the how the game had gone, that we we basically were winning 2-0, weren't we? And then cocked it up. Yeah, it was classic cock-up, wasn't it? And, yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't. I probably didn't get the score much quicker than you. I would probably watch it on teletext, which is way behind, wasn't it? Always. Um, and I, I just couldn't believe it that we were winning and, and, you know, winning away and winning on the first first day as well. And I just, yeah. The thing that stands out for me is the kit, that white kit, when you see that when you watch back the video and it just looks, it looks amazing. Like just clean white kit with the trim. Uh, Dean scores on the, 
fourth minute, and I, I do remember being really pleased that he beat David Hurst because David Hurst scored for Wednesday like 20 seconds later. Um, but he always scored opening day, he did it for United, I think, five years. Every year he played for us in that first spell, he scored every and often early as well. You yeah, think about after the Man U game a couple of years later, um, well, next year, sorry, the next season. Um, as he says in his interview, he carried on the tradition of scoring on the opening day. Well, that's one of the things that I could remember word for word. I remember, yeah. again, it's this little things like this that we were in that key phase. That, he's, that guy was our hero. No no two ways about it. We oh, worshipped yeah, yeah, yeah. him. First time, as soon as we saw, we, we probably both got the season review video on like the week it came out or something in yeah. June or whatever. Back into school. Um, should have been concentrating on revising for our sort of third year exams or whatever. Nope, what we were doing, impressions of Brian Dean, our hero, <laughs> but just ripping piss out. I kept up a tradition of scoring on the opening day. Like, it just sounded drunk, didn't he? But just yeah, yeah. remember it word for word. And then Colin Hill scored an absolute stunner, like centre back. Do you know how many goals Colin Hill scored in his career? I'm gonna go guess? with I'm gonna go with one now. I... Oh, don't be silly. No, he scored well. He, he, he scored a few in Portugal uh, for some team that he played for, but in terms of the UK, uh, he, he scored two one for Arsenal and that one for us. He did score once for Northern Ireland, so uh, international, but yeah, so effectively two two league goals. Good uh, start. There you go. And then un- Uncle Robert, John's relative, uh, uh scored. Two, two, two decent goals, although I think Tracy were a bit shit on second we sort of dived over it. Yeah, you know, watching the season review video and I'm always saying Tracy were by far the better keeper. I've seen it. He, he didn't command his, he didn't even command his six-yard box, never mind his area at times. I remember, I'm talking about Wednesday a lot, really about United, but I do remember Villa won at Wednesday. Ron Atkinson went back to Hillsborough in his first game. I remember him painting Judas on that wall near uh, you know, near River outside that massive let it was like a big big news story, like football that he was going back and stuff. And then Piax fans, they forgave him because he went back, didn't he? And managed it like a few years <laughs> later. There you go. Yeah. So uh, so two all draw, we should have won, but a point on the board against established team, you know, um is, is okay. Um and then we had a home game against West Ham. And again, I'm still I'm still in uh, Grand Canary at this time. Uh, I assume you went to this. Uh First game of the new cop. Yeah, what were your dad thinking? Like allowing the holiday to be booked at, at that point. Anyway, we'll, we'll let that slide. Um, yeah, I remember this pretty well because, for one, I was going on um, Kibo supporters bus, so I, I used to go in uh, with my dad. But Nelly was on the bus. He used to sit with Nelly on the bus going in. He went and sat. You used to sit in South Stand, if you remember, and we sat in Carp or stood in Carp before I was that. In the- yeah. And I remember, I clearly remember after the match saying to him, what did it sound like? What did cop sound like? You know, because obviously we're in South Stand at the other end yeah, as well in family yeah. enclosure. Yeah. Um, said, oh, it sounded all right. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, just, it was just such a new thing. You know, mm. it weren't really, because as you say, all they've done is poured a load <laughs> of concrete on, on existing steps, bolted some seats to it, and, and that's about it really. Stuck a roof on with posts. But um, yeah, it just it just seemed all so new and and different and and also typically United. If you remember where we used to stand, because I think you used to sometimes come and find me and stand with me pre- uh, previous seasons. Always used to be so the goal was down to your left a bit, so not all the way to the white wall, but midway between the white wall and the, the net. 
we yeah. basically picked gone gone into the ground to try and pick the exact you know exact yeah. area. Oh, it must be there. Yeah, drawing were obviously completely wrong. Turned up on that day, walked down, bang behind there. I mean, which which turned out to be pretty good because we weren't behind them damn post, yeah. which we would have been. But yeah, even then, United were cocking it up. Um, but yeah, just remember it really vividly because of all that and because of under the lights. I, I and just everything. remember, yeah, going to the next game which come on to and just the, the leg room was appalling remember that well that goes without saying it's still the same isn't it even as a even as a 13 year old not anywhere near fully grown in height i mean um <laughs> even then just coming back from that first match you're like imprints at seat in front on your uh, on your knees because there's just no room at all is there in that carpet just totally they're not cheap but you know that's what we were at that time just a cheap club couldn't afford to buy players as we're going to probably come on to and couldn't afford to build a proper proper stand that's still there now, 30 years later. Yeah. yeah. It was a 1-1 draw. Obviously, I, I went at that game. We went behind and then scored uh, that amazing corner routine, which at the time we were like, this is, no one's ever done this. He's a uh, the back heel from Argers and... Uh, um, Argers who back heeled it? No, Argers crossed it, didn't he? The back heel from Bradshaw, well, I think? I said no back heel. Brighton or Bradshaw, anyway, back yeah. Back I'll just crossed him. Beasley, no defender scored. Um, so one one. But um, can you remember that Pemberton again? I said the game, but they did it like somersault throw, didn't they? I remember just laughing about it afterwards. I didn't. I couldn't remember just how bad it was. Because obviously, you just see it live and you laugh about it afterwards. Until you sent me the video of it, which is not on the season review video, is it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Matthew Bell. Uh, flashing blade, uh, flashing blade guy. Uh, he's put some great videos up recently, so it's on his uh, Cop II ninety blades uh, site on YouTube. Pemberton's uh, long throw is uh, it ends up being with a brawl involving Vinnie Jones in like like a headband or a bandana. He's wearing. Yeah, it's very sort of I don't, like platoon, isn't he? Like he's been watching too many Vietnam War films <laughs> or something. He just he was a character, him, weren't he? Yeah. And. Uh, so we, we got we got two draws, decent start, but then we next home game. I'm back for this one, and my my jinx uh, sets in. We lose Letizia and Shearer scored, and we lose two uh, 0 at home. Can't remember anything about that game. Couldn't even remember them goals. Uh, we then go to Coventry, lose three one. Defense is all over the place. There's like one goal at defense on the halfway line, and they like threw us. Like and it's in first half. It's not even like we're you know we're pushing to get back in game. It's like where's the defense? Yeah, it's just. The one, the one note I made on this section is defense very poor. They just, I think even commentators mention it. Or, or the, but other than they go, oh, that's unlucky, and we like scoring own goals and like <laughs> giving them ball and stuff like that. It's not. It's just really, really bad. Uh, the week after this is we when we told uh, Vinnie Jones. Um, surprised me that he was with United less than a year. I always thought he was there longer than that. I don't know why. I thought it was that season and a half. You know, maybe coming up to two seasons. He was with us less than a year because we signed him, you know, um, towards the end of August, I think, in that first season. But it was pretty much like 11, 11 and a half months and then we, we, we sold him. I think Chelsea had come in and Bassett were like, we didn't have much money at that point. And we're like, oh, that's decent. And they'd offered us like 700,000, something like that. Um, so so what, what were your thoughts on on Jones? Not as a, as a person and what he's done since, but as a player for United pretty underrated I'll be honest with you I, I actually think he was a better player than he probably even wanted to be I think he was actually, he was actually a pretty good player in there he almost like showed it by accident a few times I really clearly remember um, it might even be in one of these early season games like United West Ham one where 
he chipped a ball down the line. It probably was. He chipped a ball down the line, left footed for Tom Cowan, I think, or, or Whitehouse. And it was just absolutely beautiful, like it's the kind of thing Hodges would have done. But then next minute, he's like, he thought, oh, I can't, I can't be seen to be doing this. And then his next minute is going in two-footed on someone to start a brawl. And it's, I think he didn't allow himself to be a better footballer. But he brought a lot of qualities to our team anyway. And it, it was a big reason we'd stayed up the previous season. And yeah, I think he yeah. was underrated as a United player. I think his leadership that season, he did kind of galvanise us. And, and, you know, we really, I remember fans getting, I remember going to a couple of away games that season before and him like revving everyone up and stuff. And, uh, he was a proper like captain and stuff, so he did he, he did his job really. We did, we didn't lose out on him financially and stuff, but I've seen a lot of people were really critical of it. I like, repented everything about that were bad about that passage. It's like what we got stuck in and weren't and weren't soft touch and didn't get bullied. That's surely a good thing. Yeah, you're right. It's completely right. I think I, I, I won't I won't hear a bad word said about him. It was dirty bastard. I've just said a bad word about him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hypocrite, aren't I? Um, but yeah, just even the stuff like where straight before, straight at the end of the warm up, before the teams came out, he'd be stood in the net. You remember this? And he'd get Bradshaw belting the ball as yeah, hard as possible yeah. at the net, and he'd be heading it offline. And it's in front of the cop. It's the sort of things that just got fans g'd up. And it, it was, like you say, a big part of that togetherness and a big part of how we stayed up and how we kicked on. Uh, we, we end the month with a defeat, uh, another defeat, Crystal Palace. Uh, we lose 2-1, amazing goal from Hodges where he sort of bends it into the corner past uh, Nigel Martin. Um, but we, again, we let the lead slip and lose. Um, Little John and Hartfield made, made their debuts. And I remember Little John were like, you weren't even a regular for Warsaw. Hartfield were like nowhere near Arsenal squad. So like, just bashed it to do these, but he gets on these players like from, you know, teams like, like you say, people like Nathan Peel and people like, and then just play them. And it's like, they're not even playing in second, third division, but that would bash it all over. It would, if he thought it was enough, he'd play them, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think he'd talk. What wouldn't he be? Do a bit of the warnock, tell them how you know to go out there and prove themselves, and just chuck them in at the deep end. So not the best to start. So we've not won a game. We've we've drawn a couple, but it's, it's, it seems a bit like deja vu from the previous season in terms of you know we're right down down near the bottom. Um, should we, should we talk a bit about music and some some other bits and pieces away from football, and then we'll come back to United for, for, for we'll go to September. Yeah, I mean, I'll I think we've talked about this that I'll probably slip in some music clips that just completely randomly. Yeah. There might be what there might have been just been one. I don't I, don't, I just don't know what we're going to do, do we? <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> well, the the thing I'd got down here was uh, I remember it standing out again because the personal experience was it was a time when that right said Fred's. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. And I'm too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan. New York and Japan. Uh, which, which at the time was like, I don't know. It was like it was seen as quite a cool song. Uh, and then you you sort of go through the years and like it sort of loses it. And now you look back and it's quite a good retro song. So I'm not saying it's a good song. I'm saying aesthetically it's a good song. But um, it, did you know that it was number one in America, but not Never. in the UK? Yeah, seriously. Number one in the US, but not the UK. And that was due to Bloody Adams. Well, Adams, I mean, as, as discussed, he'd been number one all summer pretty much. And he was still still yeah. number one now. And he kept some he kept some stuff off, didn't he? Some, like, obviously that and... That extreme song that I, sort yeah. of passed me by at the time, but everyone loves, and 
Um, I don't love it. Shit. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he just hung around for ages, didn't he? And, yeah, I had no idea Right Said Fred were number one in America. What were they thinking? You know what I remember about right, that Right Said Fred? So we went into an assembly at school. You, you, you I clearly remember this. And uh, our deputy chair, the, the late, I'm going to say late great, which is for John Day, if anyone went to Wales High School, he, he's known as Mr. Wales, isn't he? Or Mr. Wales High. He'd like died fairly recently, but he, he'd worked there like forever, done it everything there. You know, good good guy sort of thing. Bit of a mad bastard, but good good guy overall. Oh, you shit scared saying, of him. I'm going to play it. Yeah, I said, I'm going to play some music. I'm going to play as the current, I think he's called it number one. It clearly wasn't number one, but like current sort of song that everyone's going going on about. And he put on this um, old song, which was basically Bernard Cribbins uh, saying, right, said Fred. It, <laughs> it built and, it up uh, a bit more than that, didn't he? I think I can't even remember what the point of the assembly was about, which kind of it kind of defeats the object because you're obviously trying to make a point. I think it was probably something to do with like preconceptions or whatever, and, yeah, yeah. and thinking assumptions. And it, that, that you know that that song, the uh, the guys that sing it, yeah, there's some it's it's sung by some guys. Is it something about right said Fred? And then he, get, he gets everyone in the assembly agreeing mm. with him, and then he drops in all the little facts. Oh, there's some back and forth, and you know all this. Everyone's convinced they know what it is, and then he plays Cribbins. All right, so pretty, pretty, have another cup of tea. Tried to shift it, couldn't even lift it. We was getting nowhere, and so we had a cup of tea. And right, said Fred, give a shout to Charlie. Up comes Charlie from the floor below. They were they were named after. That song, uh, right? Said Fred. Apparently, there you go. More right? Said Fred trivia. <laughs> and the song I'm dissecting was about people who were basically, um, you know, sort of pruning and doing all the gym stuff, and like kind of you know, thought they were they were they were sort of better than they were, sort of thing. And that's why it was an ironic. I'm too sexy. Good, right? Said Fred. Facts. And now they're anti-vaxxers, aren't they? Okay. Yep. Didn't know that. At the time of recording, obviously this, as I've mentioned, is a timeless podcast. But it, it, as of um, what is it, July, late July, twenty twenty one, they're anti vaxxers Yeah. Okay. We could have linked Kevin Gage into this. Well, well I'm sure we'll come on to it. Yeah. Uh, also, eighteenth of August this month was the first ever Oasis gig. Uh, just sort of bringing it, bringing it, thinking about sort of things that were going to be coming later. So. Yeah, have you any other anything you'd like to say on music at this point? I know we're going to talk about music as we go along, different songs and stuff. Anything you'd like to add? No, I think uh, I think it, yeah, just as you say, it was at that time, like August going into September, it was just dominated by Adams and Fred. Um, I was going to talk about t- we're going to talk about TV and sort of uh, films each month, different. And I'm going to keep it football based at this point because what stands out for me for this season it was the last season where you could watch basically top flight games free. And, and it's never happened since until BBC have obviously done some like last year and stuff with the, the free coverage. But uh, every Sunday, uh, it was really the two o'clock, three o'clock. I, don't, I can't remember what time the kickoff was. Whether it, I think it might have been two o'clock. That rings a bell. But the big match was on. You know what? I wouldn't be able to tell you what time it was on because I was probably out playing football. So, I, I, you know what? It was the last time it was on terrestrial TV, but it was wasted on me because I don't. I yeah. think I barely ever watched it. I think I remember watching Villa versus Man United on one of them and Steve Stones. I, I, I remember it got my mum working overdrive because I would play football same as you. And I were, 
sort of, I'd get a tape in goals on Sunday, which the Yorkshire TV goals on Sunday, Super. way before Kamara's ripoff, uh, which was on at 12.25 till 12.50. I can tell you that now. I can't remember the time it was on. And that would show a featured match. And it weren't necessarily like a top flight game, even though they had rights to it. So they wouldn't necessarily just show United Wednesday or, or Leeds. Sometimes you'd put it on and we played like, I don't know, man, you and you'd be like rubbing your sausage. It's got to be us. got to be us. And we're going to start with our featured game, which is Grimsby Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) It it was two from the area though, wasn't it? 20 minutes of that. (laughs) 20 minutes of that. And then you'd get like two minutes of like United. Uh, But yeah, uh, but yeah, goals on Sunday and then the big match. But the big match for me was... It was all that theme tune, which again, hopefully you might hear at some point uh, if, if you put that clip in. Here on YTV Now, it's the big match, live from Old Trafford. Jim Rosenthal, uh, just superb. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a good era, isn't it? I suppose for that sort of thing. I, as I say, I didn't even bother to watch much of it, but you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Basically, you look back on it fondly once it had gone, um, thinking, "Oh, I wish remember I, the wish theme I... tune though, don't you?" Do I remember the yeah, that one. Superb. So, and and obviously after this, Sky took over, and you know I didn't have Sky for quite a few years after this, and it would be like yeah, you have to be rich to have Sky at this point, didn't you? Pretty much, or like not many people had it, or it weren't worth getting. Uh, and your main football after this, the next season was Football Italia that came in the season after. Um, but you were scraping around for football coverage after this. Very little, really. So yeah, we got yeah. Obviously, this season we'd still got it, and then like say next season. We, we, yeah, we just switched to watching Italian football because that's yeah. what we could Master get. Us. The day was on on Saturday nights, but that that was about it. That was your lot, yeah. So this is this is it. Make the most of it if you listen to this in, from a time machine thirty years ago. Because <laughs> well, it's not going to be free. It was European Cup on ITV, weren't it? I think the Champions yeah, League or the, European Cup on ITV possibly just start the Champions League maybe or European Cup. Did show Cup League Winners League. Cup and stuff like that. I think Man United yeah. won Cup Winners Cup, and, but but even then it was really hit and miss whether they bother or not. But it seemed to be. Yeah. And then all they'd put highlights program on at like quarter to midnight. <laughs> I stayed up for that. Watch, 12. Stay up for like sports night at like say, half 11 just to watch <laughs> like 25 minutes of like a, mil- a league cup get Rumbelow's cup game or whatever it was. But you'd find out that you've sat, you'd sat through like news night or something in, in your bedroom. <laughs> Propping your eyes open, and then you'd fall asleep. And you find you'd wake up and test card would be on, and find out you've missed it. Oh. You'd missed Oxford against Chelsea in the <laughs> League Cup. So we, we'll come back to football. Uh, September, um, we got Chelsea at home, and Vinnie Jones comes back. Uh, we lose. We lose this one one nil. Crowd that game. It's like twenty thousand, and I don't know whether we were just down on crowds or crowds were what they were then but don't see many 32,000 capacity the thing is though Simon Clark says it is a, is a really good thing you know on the country yeah, yeah, he goes 
yeah. and there was over 20,000 in at the lane. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> top, top division match. And it's like quite big billing because there's an old player coming yeah. back. But, yeah. So we, we lose that one. And then there's this Brian Gale on-off transfer that we've signed him. Remember, it's back at start, Gale, Gale signs. And, um, but we, we didn't have the money to sign him. And it went on for like weeks, this. And I remember some that Bassett had to remortgage his house. Have I made that up? It was some story Bassett had to lend him some money. A manager of a top-flight team had to lend them some money to sign the player. I think there was something like that. Now you mention it on the video, he don't mention it. I think he's probably being told not to. He just goes, "There was a, a, a mix up with some financial arrangements." Don't know why it was Frank Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> where was Where was bloody Brearley at this time? Was he? He said, "Jute mills." Jute mills. ridiculous. And then we go to Oldham, and we lose. We start start self imploding. We lose two one. We have two sent off in first like twenty five minutes. Oh. I think Artfield and Beasley get sent off. Um, I love I love Kilmer's positive spin on it though. He go, <laughs> like he's it's weird weird setup on this season review video where he sort of gives away most of the match as they as they're bringing it on and he's saying um, we were lucky to be down to nine men and then. Um, we had a great rally. Uh, we did so, so well, but conceded two before the end of the half. <laughs> it's just like really the most positive spin you can imagine on just an implosion, basically. Yeah, so we, we lose that one and we, we, we pretty much, I think we are rock bottom at that stage. I should have probably looked at where we were and had a table planner, but that would be a bit bit too professional. Uh, but we, we get a win. We finally get a win. Oh, no, no. Everton, um, and I'm going to talk. We can talk about this a bit later. But Everton and Forest were two teams that, like, whenever we needed a win, like, we'd play them. And it's like, I don't know why, because they were decent sides. They were always like yeah. top ten. Everton, and it weren't like they were rubbish, but we'd always seem to do really well against them. And we win two one. Uh, Hoyland and Bryson score, but we're wearing these weird old black shorts, which stands out. We're not wearing the ones with the white and red trim, like just different shorts on. Not whether you notice yeah. that. I think well, I'd never noticed it until you mentioned it. You sent me the, the text about it, and I, and I and I noticed it. And then I went, "Oh yeah, so they are." <laughs> but the but, thing I remember about this game wasn't the win. It were I clearly remember being in the car and all the because it was time before mobile phones. All the rumours going round. This game we sold Brian Dean, Bassett resigned, uh, and Gale weren't signing. All in one game went round the cop. Remember, we were done with all these things that yeah. happened. Yeah, it, it was a, a very. It was like a prototype for the shoes off incident, weren't it? Because <laughs> you see them in do, car park after as well. Well, they were genuinely. I, I clearly remember my seats on the cop. Them first three or four seasons, that I sat on the cop with my dad and my sister. Um, the bloke. There were two blokes in front of us that were brothers, and they were they were sort of like wide boys, if you like. They weren't they weren't like hooligan types, but they were smart, coming. You know, like the the finger on pulse used to just. The kind that stand up and put their arms out wide when a shot were going wide, and I always have a comment. There's no money. There's no money. Dean's gone. We're in car park. We, we're off to car park. They left early to get a good spot in car park to, to complain about this rumor, which, as you say, who started? I don't know. But it's next week. It was all bullshit. Basically, none of that happened. But we did find out Dean had been injured for a while, so he'd not played last few. Oh, he'd been on and off. He scored at Oldham, but he'd not been a regular. 
when they found out he weren't injured, he, he got glandular fever. And I think he describes it as they found some things on in his throat. Or well, like I went for a swab, and um, and this they had bits of I, I don't know what it was on my tonsils. He's not your best interviewee, is he? So, so we've got Dean out with them. Hey, Warnock's Notts County, you know, they were also pretty rubbish at that point. Gail comes in. I remember him being awful. I remember, like, all this fuss about assigning him. And like, we've, we've got him. Big centre-half. You know, he's going to be our talisman leaders from the back. Awful. We lost 3-1, like, to a terrible Notts County team. And if um, anyone, it, at this point, I've, I've remembered something this just before we came on, Um if anyone wants a, a like a glimpse into Dead Bat Psyche, you, everyone that listens to this probably all, also reads his match reports. And if you don't, where you've been for the past fifteen years or however long you've been doing them, twenty however long. But something I don't know why it just shows you the shit you remember. Why the sticks in my memory, I don't know. English, probably Mrs. Ducey. She made us write a poem about anything we want. Of course, what do we write a poem about? Football. Can't for the life of remember me. What what mine was about, but Dead Bat Beden's poem was about football at the time. It was about the United team at the time, and I clearly remember one line, which was, "With rip off Gale at centre half, it gives me cause to wave my scarf." <laughs> so even then, it was negative. I was probably right at that point. He did go on to do all right for us, but. Anyway, we, we get hammered at Arsenal 5-2, so we only have that one win so far in the first two months. And again, we're, we're right near the bottom. Um, it's, it's not going well. It's not going well at all. Dean's out and we've got some tough tough games coming up in the next next month. Uh, so that there ends September. Um, in terms of music for, uh, you know, for, for that month, I, I've made a bit of a, a note about... Um, Dilla Soul weren't particularly high in the charts because British British people didn't really they went for all the shit pop and everything. But a remarkable song called "A Roller Skating Jam" course had a. Um, I think both of us really like uh, Dilla Soul. Uh, I know I've recently got a couple of their albums on back on vinyl, um, but just a brilliant a brilliant song, brilliant group. Music where rap was like. Kind of jazz rap, I think I, I'd describe it as, where it's not about guns and blowing people up and hoes and bouncing on cars, just, you know, just like just nice stuff, like roller skating. <laughs> well, the, yeah, exactly. Um, first of all, I'm going to pull you up. I don't, I don't know what, which order to do this in, whether to agree with you f- first or slag you off first. I'm going to go with slagging you off because I knew okay. you were going to do this. I knew you were going to pick out stuff that makes you appear like you were a cool kid back in the day with your finger on the pulse. This I, know, I didn't a... like them back in the day. I'm, I'm honest enough. I didn't I've never heard of them really back in the day. No, I don't no, like and that's, now. And that's, I'm glad you've admitted that because I was going to say, in reality, what you were probably listening to in September, in August, September time, was Everything I Do, <laughs> I Do It For You by Brian Adams. You know it's true. Or, um, I don't know, maybe a push. Even though Prince were high on the charts, but you probably didn't like him then, even though you, you do now. It would probably, it would probably right said Fred, weren't it? And, and Adam, <laughs> let's be honest, that's that's what you'd have, you'd have put Radio One on. You might have heard a bit of Insanity by Oceanic and bopped, <laughs> bopped along to that, but yeah, it weren't this we were listening to, and that's that's the shame of it, really, because you look back at the stuff yeah. that was coming out yeah. then, and we just missed 
it, it was there. I was, it, I mean, some of it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to come on to it, but there were some big yeah. bands that I like now that were top five, but I have absolutely no recollection of it at that time. Um, but, but this but, song, like you said, you listen to what's thrust into the you know the popular songs that you hear on the radio. It wasn't like now where you could you can find stuff and listen. You, you did you weren't exposed to it. Like, you'd listen to the radio and top of the pops once a week. That was it. Well, my music was what I listened to before sort of high school and going in, even the first few years of high school, it was whatever my dad was listening to, which was pretty much 60s and, and then stuff like Dire Straits, Elton John, Abba, um, or my sister, which were obviously just all the poppier end of stuff. Um, so until until you start watching Top of the Pops for yourself, you were, but even then you were, you were at the mercy of whatever they bothered to put on Top of the Pops. So stuff like this, I'm going to, I'm going to blame Top of the Pops for this passing us by, yeah. but, Top of the Pops 1990-1991 is currently on BBC4. So if you're listening to this currently, Friday nights, you need to watch BBC4. And De La Soul was on it. It just, yeah, it just passed yeah. us by. We should, we should have been looking at it and going, these guys know what it's about. Because it is, it's such a, it's both laid back and upbeat at the same time. It's such a song in it. And if you think Will Smith's Summertime, well, is the sound of summer madness, as he claims it to be, is it wrong? Because <laughs> he's, he's too frantic and too... You know, you know what I mean. This is it. This is this. This sounds like Saturday to me. What a song! And it, and it's worth mentioning. I think we've retweeted about this fairly recently. One member of the uh, De La Soul, uh, would you call him a, a triumvirate? Uh, Leaving Mercer, uh, his, his real name, Pod Denus, is wearing what can only be described as a knockoff of the current Blades <laughs> home shirt of this season, and he got hat to match. So if you look at the video, uh, it's a red and white striped shirt with black pinstripes. Remarkable, unbelievable! It is. It is literally like it's offcuts from the Umbro factory, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know how we're going to do this. We're probably going to, you know, we're going to put out. We might put out a Twitter thread again, like we did with the kits one, um, and we'll, yeah. we'll tag it onto the onto the podcast. Might we might even do a Spotify playlist, but we'll also yeah. intersperse some clips. But you need to see that picture. He is wearing a, the Blades kit from this season. The, the line of that song is. Now is the time. But there again, it, it doesn't for us because we would forget about our worries. Saturday would be beautiful until you got down the lane and then they lost 3 1 to Notts County and then they were your troubles. <laughs> that was a night match, actually. Just to yeah, fair you enough. Up, but, you've, uh, got, you've got them in a technicality. Yeah. Uh, the, that month was a uh, smash. Uh, Paul Winner's party, smash it, it's Paul Winner's party, fruit out of Carter and Staple Sex Machine, rugby tattled Philip Schofield. Um, but yeah, um, that, that, any, any other music stuff you want to well, discuss? Well, uh, just the fact that, I mean, they were all, like we say, at the time, Stone Roses, I think, I want to be adored and come out. Bowling and I think re-released something and uh, was doing well and who I'm named after according to my dad by the way that's why I'm marked with a C mum claims not dad claims so so I don't know where that comes from um, Ned's Atomic Dustbin and stuff like that you know good good decent yeah. music 
No, absolutely no idea. I'm listening to Arnie and the Terminators. I'll be back. I think. <laughs> you don't need please or thank you. You just need. I be back. I be back. You know, you know what I mean. And, and then at number one, it's still Brian Adams. It's like 12, 13 weeks. But who's still buying it after twelve or thirteen weeks? At number one. What is wrong with it? It wasn't people? like you could. It wasn't like like Spotify or downloads there, but you had to physically go and buy it to keep it at number one. And you had to sell thousands of copies a week to get in the top ten. Thousands and th- like tens of thousands. So it was set. It was shifting. Who's buying it still in September? Um, moving on to sort of TV, uh, we do more TV than films, but um, this month, September 91, was when uh, Bottom was first uh, first aired, which, again, at the time, was I don't think I'd really seen anything quite like that. I remember watching it, I think with my dad, and like, even then being like, bloody hell, this is a bit, a bit risque sort of thing. Uh, obviously, you know, Rick Mail, Adrian Edmondson, Superb comedy, uh, and it kind of started the, the, the sort of trend for those kind of BBC comedies. There was Men Behaving Badly and Absolutely Fabulous that came out later on, I think in '92. But uh, what, what were your recollections of, uh, of Bottom? No, good. Well, my recollections of Bottom that's a leading <laughs> question, isn't it? Um, you know what? Um, it was originally going to be called Male wanted it to be called Your Bottom. Because he wanted people to say the next day, I saw your bottom last night. That's a true story. But BBC wouldn't uh, wouldn't authorise it. Genius, that bloke, man. But yeah, <laughs> this is the this is your 9pm BBC two fodder, isn't it? And yeah. this we're of that age now where you sort of split your time, your TV watching time between you were sort of growing out of the kids stuff, but you'd still watch your broom cupboard, you know, and some of your cartoons and stuff. But nine o'clock BBC two was the time. Like nine o'clock news had come on. You cheat yourself about the headlines that you're going to die of die of Saddam or some disease, mad cow, whatever we're going around at that time. Straight up to bed, BBC Two on, and it was just like Quantum Leap, Bottom, you know, these all these sort of programs. It was just brilliant, brilliant times like that. Uh, Reeves and Mortimer. I don't know, I think that were a year or two later, but um, yeah, just absolutely brilliant and just right up our street. Just played into us as, as our, our age. Next day, Harry Enfield as well. Next day, just going into school, just reciting all the gags and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mary Whitehouse experience, was that about it? Yeah, probably around, very, very much similar that time, yeah. And, and also, again, I think we're probably going to touch on some of this later, but that, that 6pm slot on BBC Two, because in September, um, I just had a quick look on this, and because you've done like all these pages of notes and I've done nothing, but what started in September of this year was Standing Room Only, if you remember that. Six o'clock, BBC oh, Two. Yeah, yeah. What a programme. Like, we're basically a football fanzine on TV. Yeah. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Really sort of diff- different presentation style. That's Simon O'Brien, was it? And Yeah, Simon O'Brien. Shelley Webb. Near that's it, Shelley Webb as well, yeah. Just no, really, really really different and, and sort of offbeat. And it was just, like I say, just a football fanzine on TV. Yep. So we, for United, we're going to move on to October now. And we, we go to Leeds and uh, we start this game well, 4-0 down. Uh, <laughs> and we have a really bad refing decision where Phil Kite, remember Phil Kite, our backup keeper, Tracy must have been injured at this point. Uh, he's penalised for basically kicking the ball out of his box. But like the ref decides he's come out of his box. He's pass it. He clearly de- describes in much detail how he didn't come out of his box. Uh, but we, we fight back and we only lose 4-3 in the end. So we, we, we have a really good comeback. But uh, again, I think 
um, you know, Kilner's really building it up like a oh, great, great comeback. We're still lost, and we're bottom of the league. We're still exactly where we were previous season. Uh, but luckily, Forest are coming to town again, like <laughs> like they did last year when the first win was against Forest. We get our second win this season with a a four two uh, shellacking of not Nottingham Forest. Um, Forest are wearing a wake kit, which is basically the same as our third. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's at that point you realise we're not as special as we thought we were. Yeah. Um, so all those moaning about Adidas templates, uh, Umbro were at it back in the day and quite a few other teams were at it in the day, but we were all right because they were better kids. Yeah, definitely. And we, we get a bit of Daryl Bentley and it's there, yes. What a, go- what a goal by Whitehouse. It's this really shit scuff <laughs> shot. Barely goes in. As you notice as well, they were really obsessed by what Brian Clough might think because... Two or three of our oh, goals. Yeah. He hates Carl Tyler in this game. Yeah. <laughs> what will Clough think of young Carl Tyler? Like, what does he matter? And then, and then he's saying again, whatever will... Na- well, now I'm going to say Nigel Clough. That, that's what Nigel Clough thinking about us 10 years later. <laughs> whatever will Brian Clough think about that? Who cares? We've won 4 2 with four shit goals that you've described as super. We get, we get the first sight of Mike Lake, new flip he obviously played for us. We signed two years before this, but he'd only been a bit part player and he got that bad, uh, broke his leg, didn't he? Uh, and I remember, but he's like, look at, look at his hair, look at his hair. I remember, it was, it was such a big thing that he got this long hair sort of thing. People talking about like it were like dreadful that he got this long hair. Bit of a, well, but it, it, it was from Manchester, weren't it? Like his, his brother obviously had this mystique about him as the greatest player ever when he gets fit. Um, so we're, we're thinking, oh, we've got a player here. It looks, looks like a bit of a Grebo, like Manchester scene. And he's and it, it took a bit while to get going, I suppose, didn't it? But, but good, good win. Agana scores. Uh, I think Agana scored his last ever goal for us in that game. Bryson always seems to be, you know, popping up with goals. Dean's still not not playing, but yeah. So I think, all right, season back. But then we have two trips, same as the pre- last season in Premier League. We played both Manchester away back to back. Gale scores two identical like headers, but we lose 3 2. And then we, we lose at Old Trafford. I came, I went to us at Old Trafford, we lose 2 0. So we, we're back like struggling again. And then a few days later, we, 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 sell, we sell a Garner. I remember that. And imagine the meltdown now on like social media because we had Dean out in here. Wednesday game were next, so the Derby game were next, and we sell like the uh, other best striker, one of our best players, a Garner. The, the people are a bit—he's lost plot, bastard. He's like lost plot. The... Yeah, Twitter meltdown it'd be, wouldn't it? I mean, especially off back of the fact that we just what by this point we'd won two games and yep. not looking particularly good, and yeah, sell sell who. Probably a lot of people thought, well, we certainly have second best striker, but some people might have said he was second best player. Um, certainly yeah. in your top th- four or five, weren't he? Well, Patrick Anthony Olazinka Agana, to give him his uh, Sunday name, was uh, he was injury prone by this point, though. He'd missed quite, he'd barely played the season before. I remember, he, he, he was out for a lot of that first season back yeah. in the top five. Uh, but I thought he was really old when old. He were only 28, but. Uh, Bassett obviously knew knew just you know something weren't quite right, and he never really did much after that. Uh, you know, Notts County record signing for them, Warnock signing, but he just you know he just kind of his career kind of petered out after that. He went. I remember going on loan to Leeds after we had loads of our like 
players like him, Pemba and Beasley who went to Leeds. So Leeds were decent. Like, why, why are they signing all that? Signing like, crap. Like cast <laughs> later on, yeah. Uh, we then lost in the Zenith Data Systems Cup to Notts County. We missed four out of five penalties in the shootout, which takes take some doing. Uh, Gannon misses again. I think he must be the only United player to have a less than 50% record on penalties. And he scored versus Wolves in 89-90, but he missed in Southampton. So I think he's I think he's one from uh, one from three for penalties for United. Yeah, it's not the best record, is it? But we're, we're struggling, and, and Wednesday are on the horizon, flying high. It, it's not looking good. So we'll we'll take a look from United and back to back to music discussion. And the, the song that I've picked out here, I, I picked out uh, "Get Ready for This" to to Unlimited, which was the Follow the follow up, no limits was an even bigger hit, but this was this, right around the time when Adams was knocked off the charts, wasn't it? October time, it the thing is, it was late October, so yeah. that rant I went on about September, this is still going and <laughs> it's keeping off stuff like Wind of Change. And <laughs> um, obviously, it already it, it's it had seen off Fred, um, and yeah, it's just 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 constantly staying there. And then two unlimited, I thought we're going to knock it off, but then it was bloody U two, which yeah. never been a fan, but at least they got rid of Adams. Y'all ready for this? I do remember Two Unlimited. It was uh, remember that female singer who she dutched, Anita Doth uh, was was her name. I remember and her very the well. Rumours that I saw people have got people have got like nude pictures of her. Remember this? I do remember it. It was all bullshit because I searched long and hard for him. <laughs> <laughs> it was like someone he's so and so's gone. No, he's gone. It's like I remember it. Were, it were a talk at school for 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 at least a few days. Who's got these nudes? Of Anita Doss from uh, Two Unlimited, but they didn't exist. So uh, we had uh, Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff. Dizzy came out at that time as well. Yeah, it's again. It was just a lot of sort of novelty stuff, weren't it? And then obviously on around that time as well, there's stuff like I say again, just things that REM obviously around that time and Public Enemy got some good stuff out. And again, just completely going under the radar of us. They were lapping up a comedian. With a bit of a, a sort of a one of them um, Stour Bridge bands, weren't they? That were just getting into the stage of being washed up, um, and we'd be lapping that up along with Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life, yeah. which obviously come into its own in the next game at the end of. Yeah, um, yeah, so we're that, lapping man. all that up while there's all the good stuff going on under our names. In terms of TV at this stage. I'm going to touch on. We might talk about might cross over a few months on this, but. Um, so Saturday night TV, which is kind of peak TV, we spoke about those nine o'clock and six o'clock slots on channels in weekdays. But big, big break was was a staple of your, your Saturday night viewing at, at this point. It's only a game, so put up a real good fight. I'm gonna be snickering you tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd got a, I'd got a routine of just watching Big Break, and then 
in the gap between Big Break and, and Noel's house party, which I don't know if it started this time or if it were later, legging it to the shop to get green and yeah. get some chocolates, which around that time, there seemed to be loads of chocolates and stuff that came out and then disappeared again, like Spira. Yeah, very much fire, yeah. Vice versa, remember them? They're like minstrels, but yeah. white on outside and brown Beautiful. and vice versa. Yeah. Obviously, they were well named. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never thought of that. Uh, yeah, so just like get get myself some chocolate, get back with green, and, and yeah, just Saturday TV. We just looking back, it was probably awful, but well, no, big break was good because yeah, you know, we both you know, like like a snooker and yeah, you know, a bit of a quiz show thrown in. You have got like the popular snooker players at the time paired up with like. It kind of worked that format. It definitely worked. Yeah, and obviously Virgo's catch rate put as many balls as you can. Or, which I didn't realise were dirty at the time, on that you know, <laughs> that bit where they had to break off and they only had like a small number of reds anyway, not the full not the full 15, it were either yeah. 10 or 6. Um, how do you, you advise the break off, John? From behind, not too hard. And they've always got raucous laughter. And I'm like, I just laughed along, but I weren't quite sure why we were laughing. It weren't until about a year later, I realised. Uh, but you're right. It's uh, the big break thing, and then uh, House Party came out. Um, we can talk about it now. It came out uh, the next month, so November, um, and it ran from November '91 to March '99, and 50 million watched it. It's Pete Knoll's House Party. Um, you know, proper entertaining, silly Saturday night TV. But again, I think if I watched it back now. I'd probably think this is shit. It's not funny. It's not really that entertaining. But like, remember, like literally, almost only besides when Mr. Blobby had come out and do something like it was the funniest thing ever. And it's like, I don't know, maybe it's just because of our age at the time. But everyone lapped it up because parents yeah. were loving it as well. Well, mine certainly. We'd all, as you say, were proper family viewing all around the telly. I think I mentioned this before that you'd be sat there and they'd be doing that um, NTV section where, it, where they'd flip to someone at home and they'd, they'd appear on the yeah. screen. Like, I think Saturday Night Takeaway and all that shite, do a rip-off of it now. But genuinely be, again, I, I wrote, obviously in constant fear of my telly, shitting it at nine o'clock news, but then shitting it that my gormless face, just basically trying not to look gormless in case I appeared on Noel's house party. And they're like, all the gungeons and like, say, Mr. Blobby and stuff like that. Just, as you say, probably utter shit, but we lapped it up. The, the, a fact from that is the Academy of Motion Picture uh, are threatened to sue the show because of the Gosteros, because they generally brought a lawsuit in because they, they'd stolen their thing. Oh, God. But, yeah. Pathetic. So, it, I remember Wait Till I Get You Home was one of the things. As yeah, well. yeah. Well, yeah, where they just embarrassed them in, in, front of, in front of somebody else and then just basically wrecked relationships and stuff, didn't they? So, no, great times, great times, Saturday night. And that, apart from things like Strip Me Now, there isn't that kind of communal watching that, that happens. But there is so much choice out there, isn't there? So people won't watch certain things at, at once. And I think that is quite sad, really, but it's the way way of the world, isn't it? Yeah, you know you're old when you start saying it's sad that things don't happen that happen when you're a kid. But I, I fully agree. We've said this loads of times that... You, you don't go in school or into work the next day and say, oh, did you see so-and-so last night? Because no one watches TV like that anymore. So we, we move on to November, uh, and one of the one of the kind of main games we were going to discuss today is the, the first Sheffield derby, which was uh, played on a Sunday, um, 12 o'clock kickoff, I, I think it was. Is that right? High noon, yeah. 